what we binge. Rapping Mike, we're yes. doing another uh, backdoor pilot to our upcoming new um, backdoor pilot. Upcoming, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> to, to our upcoming new podcast, uh, either so your boss, uh, so your boss is a millennial or Y two K crash course. Uh, did we get any uh, results on the survey yet? <laughs> okay <laughs> yes yes we did yes yes <laughs> anyway uh hey hey, hey that matrix one is growing we're gonna <laughs> come on <laughs> anyway we're gonna we're gonna take something that we're both watching and we're gonna link it back to the 2ks uh because uh, in the 2k's yeah. superhero stuff they're all scared to be all r-rated and edgy and stuff even though they yeah. already had edgy r-rated like blade uh, right i mean yeah they already had blade and mystery men and all that so spawn and yeah. I, I don't know why r-rated I mean, superheroes uh, is such a big thing now but what was that uh thing uh called uh, with the watchmen like that was r-rated right yeah watchmen watchmen came to well, that was late like, 2000s right yeah I mean, watchmen what like the Zack Snyder version of Watchmen should have come out like around now because yeah. you had to really integrate the whole superhero genre into people. at the same time I feel like if Watchmen never happened like like it forced future movies to have to try to take risks to stay like alive and because of yeah. those risks we have tv shows like the one we're watching now Peacemaker. on HBO Max Peacemaker yeah, best intro With ever, boo, right? Boo, boo. <laughs> John, John Cena. Cena. Do you want to taste it? I do. <laughs> My favorite intro of all time. And it's like when you first, when you see the intro the first few times, it's like it's it's hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious every single time, actually. But as it goes on and you get used to it, it's like I don't know how James Gunn does it, but he'll always take something ridiculous. And he'll give it meaning as the movie mm-hmm. goes on or as the TV show goes on or something. So I have a feeling this intro is going to mean something later. And that's why I fully advocate for um, James Gunn to come back to his first huge franchise that he was involved in, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and when they finally make this, the adult Scooby-Doo in the vein of Riverdale, because for some reason people are scared of trying to make a talking dog work. James Gunn, you I mean, need to creepy, go back. You, you need to take the reins. Well, he was a writer, right? For yeah. Scooby-Doo. Uh, was it for the first one or the second one? Uh, the first one, remember. the first Scooby-Doo live action. And it was first supposed Scooby-Doo. to be. And um, before Warner Brothers came in, that Scooby-Doo was Actually, second one be. as well. Sorry. Screenplay, yeah. uh, story, Scooby-Doo. One Scooby Two Monsters Unleashed, written by James, James Gunn. Gunn. Yeah, well, and it was yeah. supposed to be a parody, like in the vein of like the Brady Bunch movie, how it made up a fun of out of like the concept of Brady Bunch. The Scooby Doo movies were supposed to make fun of Scooby Doo and be more adult oriented, but mm-hmm. after they casted, they decided to make it more family oriented because they weren't ready for it yet. But now I'm like, we're all ready. And you mm-hmm. had the perfect person for it already. And now he's doing Peacemaker, which is a lot less in the vein of like superhero franchise. It's very much in the vein of like 
you know, James Gunn's super or like kick ass or like the yeah. trying to be a superhero, like sort of parody movies, but it's the actual thing if that makes sense. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very realistic, like, what if, you know, a homicidal guy who becomes some superhero called Peacemaker. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Can you hear that? Uh, no. What was that? Okay, Here. cool. No, no, sorry. There's a, there's a monster in my bedroom. It's breathing fire. Uh, or maybe I had, uh, I played too much uh, Witcher today, but um, I didn't do Witcher a, today. We got to do a Witcher episode eventually. I got to catch it. Yeah, that. yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, Midwest, because he's, he's supposed to be like, where's the story supposed to happen? Like Wisconsin or something? Can't remember where. But um, um, yeah. <clears throat> but it's like, what if, you know, Superman, who grew up in the Midwest, uh, didn't have powers and uh, was raised by some crazy, like, KKK murder machine yeah. called the White Dragon. Okay, uh, the White Dragon, which they gave him a very comic accurate, like, I think it's almost part of the joke in that show how comic accurate everything is. Like how John yeah. Cena just rolls into a restaurant wearing his, like, he reminds me a lot of, like, Lego Batman like <laughs> he's basically exactly what you would imagine like yeah lego batman to do it's the most over the top uh yeah i mean like 1960s or 70s you know like flamboyant colorful yeah uh costume yeah especially like the like how many buckets does he have like for a helmet like it's just like because there's a yeah there's a scene where he sort of like stat like takes all the helmets that his dad has developed yeah, uh, yeah. in his bunker or whatever and then it, it, it's just um yeah i don't know it's just like it's amazing how he takes these kind of very obscure comic book characters and makes them really uh entertaining i don't want to yeah. say approachable but just like entertaining in general yeah, but, and I was thinking the other day, like how they would do Austin Powers now, because Austin Powers was like, oh, it was an, it was in the '90s, but it was a play on like all the tropes of the '60s. And I was thinking, if you went back in time, like 30 years ago now, it would be like the '90s, or if you mm -hmm. maybe like late '80s at the most. And I was like, yeah. how would you do that? And this move, this show is like an example of like how that could work. Because the biggest trope of the 80s was like the super action guy that'll like kill yeah. everybody so that there's peace, like Rambo or something. So this yeah. is basically and, like uh, what if Rambo mm -hmm. just was frozen and existed now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like uh I just love his I don't know if it's his battle cry or his slogan or something, but it's so like it doesn't make any sense when you really think about it, like you know peace through any means like even if he has to kill women and children to to get it yeah you know? but he won't even <laughs> kill just... kids because he's like yeah so he's he's literally just talking like you, yeah, you find that talking, out a lot yeah. in this show that like he does a lot of talk and but he's yeah. very like with his but... uh buddy vigilante who's also some other they're, they're both crazy right i mean yeah, they were they're both Mr. psychopaths in some some yeah. way yeah <laughs> It's like, don't worry, buddy. I won't spill his secrets. You know, like yeah. th there's, you know, for a spoiler alert for any of you get, like, there's just a torture scene 
where a friend yeah. of his gets uh, tortured if John Cena's character, Peacemaker, doesn't tell the torturer information that he wants. So it's yeah. like, don't worry. So John Cena's like, don't worry, man. I won't tell them anything. And like his friend's like, what the fuck? Tell them something. You're going to cut my fucking toe off. Uh, so it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a lot of... Sur- what I think James Gunn does really well is like it's like you have these surreal kind of silly moments when you really think about it. like a lot of silly moments in kind of a realm that doesn't feel silly you know it's like very real yeah. stakes but everyone like seems doesn't seem to match the environment yeah there's like a bunch of crazy guys yeah, well, yeah what James Gunn does it's to... James Gunn is doing something like getting something like a, a huge concept and then making it like painfully character focused like mm-hmm. like you're watching the office basically like all his shows are basically like the office in space or the office yeah. with superheroes or the office with like yeah it's just uh yeah i don't know like he he has a talent of like making characters approachable like both in the you know the the two big franchises that people know him for yeah which is you know guards of the galaxy and uh, now uh, peacemaker and the suicide yeah. squad yeah it's just like he takes these crazy either larger than life or just like obscure weird characters and just like yeah. gives them all like a set of daddy issues and then they all have the same daddy issues. Or, yeah, I wonder why that's, daddy always issues. The, why that's always um, the thing. And like, I think we've talked about this before, like yeah, with, with Taika Waititi, I think, yeah. uh, when we did a, like a month, like a Taika month. But it was sort of like, uh, it's it always goes back to, I mean, there's that scene in, uh, or like some source, some source of trauma, right? I think Drax doesn't have daddy issues. Like yeah. his, because like he says, like my father used to do this and you know gross things with his mom on the dinner table, you know, mm-hmm. or, or stuff like that. But I think uh, they, it's all about giving them some sort of source of trauma, mm-hmm. and then, but often when it comes to the human characters, it's often about daddy issues. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, there's that whole scene where in that they're in that minibus and the suicide squad and they mm-hmm. each like almost each of them take turns talking about their dads except peacemaker because like you know you're gonna meet his dad in the tv show which like that already announced i think at the time yeah uh, when the movie came out i was like oh we'll we'll look at his daddy issues in the in the hbo original yeah. right uh but uh it's just like yes my my father trained me to kill my father trained me to to train rats and uh and then whatever, like my dad's a planet called Ego. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's always the same kind of uh but I think that's how yeah, I don't know why that's the go-to, but it, it is often a go-to, I think, for James Gunn. But it works. Yeah. And he was almost the director of another Superman movie. They offered him that before Suicide Squad. And I could see why, just because like I don't see him as a Superman. Yeah. Like it's too serious. It's I mean, too serious. But it's like, I I wonder if that was the reason why they wanted to bring in James Gunn was to try and like, because his talent at the end of the day, right, is getting something very elaborate yeah. and like impossible to you know take seriously and just make it painfully yeah. character focused. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if that's that what they were trying to do with Superman, because he's so like boy scout ish yeah that it's like you almost have to 
parody him to do the best version of him now almost so I, of, I, i'm always like yeah it's just like they never thing is they they tr- like in man of steel they try to make him a flawed character but you never really bought it well it came, came too like, soon it, it didn't make any sense right i mean it's just like oh why wouldn't you save your father from a tornado just because soon after you know, powers um, after um dark knight rises and yeah. it, it it at least appeared like they're trying to ride the coattails of like the tone of batman and mm-hmm. all of that and it's yeah. like you know marvel got to a place where you know they could have anything with any tone but that was because they they took risks and so far every dc franchise that has worked has been like a risk like hey let's make an adult cartoon of harley quinn worked okay let's do this weird obscure character but with james gunn worked and so it's like with superman um right now the best superman thing is superman and lois but it's uh yeah anyway we're going uh we're going off no subject. but i mean okay yeah. so just to i mean like uh the the thing that all these properties have in common like the ones that James Gunn worked on is that all of the characters are flawed by nature. Yeah. And Superman is known for being like, you know, the, the perfect in every way. Like I would watch a Zod miniseries done by James Gunn where he tries to rule the, you know, the, the negative zone. That's actually not a bad idea. He just lives in the negative zone all the time. And yeah. Like, like he lives in the negative zone and he's trying to rule all these other bad guys who have been yeah. sent to the negative zone as well. And since like they're all pretty big, you know, baddies, uh, yeah. like he would actually get his face uh, mushed or like destroyed once in a while, and uh, and I'll be like, yes, but my father wanted me to be Zod and for people to. <laughs> he always made me kneel and Zod because was I was like, a little bitch, you know. <laughs> and Zod was like Michael Singer or something. Yeah, or yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Sarah Zod, that would be. I didn't see that coming as a creative choice. I, I, I applaud it. Uh, James Gunn, you're welcome. <laughs> hey guys, it's just like just put it down, Zod's, like Zod's unfortunate cousin who was on the spaceship when they sent him in the negative zone. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's because of Zod that I'm here and it's kind of awkward because I didn't do anything. <laughs> but i will rule the the negative zone <laughs> oh man i can go off about superman ideas like forever okay one one, one more one before we go off, back Sarah. on subject is like what if yeah. it was like superman like what if like the ship that crashed on um on earth because in the man of steel universe you have the mm-hmm. you have the little pod but the ship also became the fortress of solitude what if there was like yeah. a little wimpy cousin that that was in there that like never came out yeah. And then Michael Sarah comes out and he has powers. It's like, oh no, what did I do with this? Yeah. Like he was in some embryo for 16 years and then yeah. just comes out like already made. And I was like, what's yeah. all this? Bleep blorp. Like I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I have powers here. Awesome. Oh no. I was like, let's go order a pizza, even though I don't know what a pizza is since I'm from outer space. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway. So Peacemaker, let's link this back to the 2000s somehow. So uh, in the 2000s, you had a block. Yes, you had a lot of like blockbuster um, superhero movies, 
it, it was just starting to come into its own before like the MCU yeah. really blew up. And you had a variety of different kinds of like comic book movies. And to this day, I kind of wonder why people are surprised that, you know, R-rated superheroes work because even in the 2000s, it was happening. Like, wasn't Ghost Rider 2? That was the I 2000s, right? That was, that was uh, R-rated. Um, I think so. What, what else? There was um, God, there was another one. Was Jonah Hex, was that R-rated? I think Jonah Hex was uh, R-rated, I think. But like, that was more sure of was. a niche thing, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's Sin City. There you go. Sin City. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, and then you had, like you said, Watchmen. Oh, no, Jonah Hex was PG-13. Uh, so PG-13. it was like, so it was like all of these and every movie happened in a separate universe. You didn't have a tied universe yet like the MCU. And I think what made it tricky was that each superhero or each comic book hero had to exist as if they were the only one on Earth. So that's why in Spider-Man, it was like everything was really elaborate and, you know, like everything about Spider-Man stuck out and like Batman everything about Batman stuck out. It wasn't like yeah. they were trying to like really um, tie it in with anything or make it cohesive. So um, yeah, I mean, they, they never mentioned any of the other superheroes, you know, it might've been like a Easter egg or something. It's like, oh, well, this never happens in Metropolis, yeah. you know, or, or some, some stuff like that. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, Spider-Man as was like evidenced uh, in the latest uh, Spider-Man movie uh you know like oh well what are the avengers you know like they you know the uh uh, fuck like spoilers whatever you've already seen spider-man uh no way home come on guys but um you know those movies never featured uh any other superhero like you know in the marvel from the marvel comics or like the batman movies uh i mean i think they if they had let joel schumacher do another movie they may have done something with that perhaps yeah another cartoony george clooney movie uh but um it's just uh i don't know it it seemed like at the time they wanted to just focus on who is this superhero what do they do uh and uh like no one thought that doing a team up in live action was ever going to work outside of maybe TV. Uh, But uh, like live action team-ups didn't exist like before the Avengers movie in in, uh, 2012, I think it came out. But it's just like, uh, I remember just going there and being like, like, I've never seen this before. I've never seen heroes from different movies in in another movie that didn't have their name on it. Yeah. And uh, like before it was just like Spider-Man, Daredevil, the mo- like the movie with Ben Affleck. Uh, you had uh, uh, the Fantastic Four movies uh, with, uh, you know, Jessica Alba and uh, uh, that Welsh guy. can't remember his Eon name. Uh, Eon Griffin. Uh, um, if, if you guys are fans of his, just check out his earlier work, uh, <laughs> which was not bad. But like uh, he played a sea captain called hornblower which was pretty fun but uh it, it, it's not a porn thing no worry uh, <laughs> not like him in horrible your name? my name is captain hornblower <laughs> if you know what i mean uh but 
<laughs> which could have been a joke in a in a peacemaker tv show oh i'm bringing yeah. it back but oh uh, there you go look at that there you go but like when did you ever think that peacemaker would have the most clink, uh, uh, critically acclaimed dc property when you saw uh some of his old movies from the 2000s where he plays like a marine or something it was like i oh, never yeah. imagined that he would rise to these heights of okay. uh you know well, right HBO now, originals. John Cena, I think this show is going to take him to, it's going to take him to the next level of like what he can do. Like he's already been doing mm -hmm. like comedies, so you can see him in this role. But yep. yeah, he, he started his career like in movies, roughly the same way The Rock did. Like The Rock, mm -hmm. uh, it was either action movies or things that kind of parodied his persona. And John Cena started with action movies, but now he's in that parodying his yeah. persona mode like peacemaker does feel like the john cena show not in a bad way yeah but it's like he's owning the role so far he's owning the role in a way where it's like i don't see it being like batman where you, you know you change out a different batman every so years I, john cena is owning this role because it feels like it's about john cena <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's like, actually a funny guy. I mean, I, I've yeah. I've seen a few of his movies before, you know, The Suicide Squad, and he was never funny. Yeah. In them, and uh, it actually, you know, it's kind of like you know, like Chris Hemsworth. No one knew he was funny until Ragnarok for some reason. Um, I feel like nobody, like for sure, knew he was funny until uh, the the the, the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. The, yeah. The twenty fifteen or sixteen, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, apparently, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, everyone was saying, yeah, oh, he's so funny on set, but then they never actually used that on screen, you know, except for, you know, like yeah. dumb jokes about Bill Snipe on like Avengers yep. 1 or something. It's like, <laughs> so don't you there. know Bill Snipe? You don't have those here? <laughs> oh, I've been coming here for a thousand years and I didn't know what the fuck a Bill Snipe was. You know, like, was that okay. back to back with uh, Vacation, the, the Ed Helms one? Because he, he, Vacation. The, the uh, one like um, where he's like, I don't know if he's like a trainer or he was like the quote unquote hot guy that was about to steal the wife or something. I don't know. Like he's always the quote unquote hot guy in any movies. And like, to be honest, yeah, know, <laughs> even in Thor, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's, he's a hunk, but it's just uh, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it seems to me like going back to John Cena, like he is the second uh that i know of pro wrestler who has been uh given more opportunities by james gunn yeah. uh like uh, dave bautista uh oh, who like i i mean i i didn't grow up in the u.s so i don't really follow wwe and like you can't really see that where i grew up yeah uh so it's like you know i didn't know who uh i, I knew who john cena was and I knew who yeah. Big Show was and who that guy with the like blonde mustache with the bandana, I can't remember his name, um, from the 80s, I think. But yeah, so I didn't know any of these people, but uh, except for that movie where he plays a Marine, uh, yeah. <laughs> John Cena, it looks super serious. It's like, you know, because like he has to save his wife or something or, you know, take revenge for his wife's yeah. death. Like it's the, it's, the, it's the usual kind of like John Wake scenario of like someone killed my wife or kidnapped her. It's like, yeah. you know, there, there are two scenarios for action movies these days. It's like Taken or John Wake. It's like either they killed someone or they kidnapped someone. 
and, uh, <laughs> and you have to go and or you got or you're like a you know sour cynical ex army type who gets hired by the government to do their like rambo uh, but yeah. uh yeah it's kind of well, like, nowadays, uh, like comic book characters and stuff like because like superhero is such a broad term where it's kind of like you could have superpowers or you could be a guy with a gun that just happens to wear the same shirt all the time or something it's like it's yeah. it's the so it's like shirt. so it's like yeah now it's um like for superhero movies are the default because now they're just digging through the comics for yeah. the kind of characters that already existed already like you know with mission impossible and with ramble and john mclean and like they, that that archetype exists existed in the comics and now they're just using mm-hmm. the direct comic version yeah and right now i'm on an article on screen rant yeah screen rant um yeah. 18 forgettable 2000s superhero movies only true fans remember so i was trying to look for like okay movie Name that them could... we shall see <laughs> all right <laughs> if we were true fans uh zoom with tim allen remember this oh my god i never saw that movie but i i remember seeing the trailer which discouraged me from seeing the movie yeah i just remember this and i thought it was the same thing as a uh, sky high when i saw the trailer which later on became my hero academia uh, if anybody says any different um no yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here you yeah. go next it's, it's my hero academia damn or it whatever the <laughs> or whatever the other oh pronunciation Kate Mara was in this Tim Allen Kate Mara yeah she was a Damn. young guy here we go uh, Stan Lee's Lightspeed no idea I'm not a true fan <laughs> oh here we go the specials with our guy James Gunn the specials <laughs> oh yeah but that was with um, they had they didn't they have that on um, Hulu at some point uh and it's um oh, so this is jamie kennedy but yeah it's, it's like it, it's just funny because like he's actually working on the real properties now and he's using the same style as like making the parodies uh yeah and uh underdog <laughs> underdog is next why do they include underdog does that count okay whatever underdog. no uh, idea push with chris evans push yeah, no. Def- Defendor with Woody Harrelson. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Screw all you guys. This was a cool. Oh yeah, movie. I remember that. Yeah, I like yeah, this. That, that's that is a a staple of. That is a staple. Of, uh, my, uh, yeah. Of my you know millennial times. Yeah. Uh, it, it's mean, weird because like all these movies. I can't movies watch are... it nowadays. To be honest with you, I can't watch it nowadays. Like I tried to watch it the other day. Yeah. Uh, maybe six months ago, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> I, like when you see the CGI, Mister Hyde. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that looks like, you know, Bane from one of the first like Arkham games. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just like one misshaped, like I'm Mister Hyde, you know. And they're like, okay. Uh, I have to say. <sighs> Did you watch Van Helsing with uh, I, huge I like Van Helsing. Jackman? Huge Jackman. I like and, uh, I, I was surprised that never became a franchise. Actually, I'm not. I mean, it was supposed surprised. to be, right? Yeah, it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be. But and, like uh, Universal kind of like... 
<laughs> the mummy with your Tom universal Cruise. has like no uh, luck with trying to like create a universe out of their monsters because van helsing was the first try the second yeah. try was dark universe and at this point it's like just don't make a universe just who cares just do movies <laughs> just, do, just movies. do one good, good movie at. after another yeah. if they're connected who knows maybe like uh whatever but just like don't i i don't think they should do that on purpose yeah uh oh shark yeah. and lava girl is next that is a the 2000s kid staple oh right there. Oh my god, Shark Boy. <laughs> oh, Punisher Warzone. Oh, okay. Yeah, Punisher. Pu- that's uh, that's an R-rated one. There you go. My super. Dude, Taylor Lautner was Shark Boy. Yep, that was oh him. Oh god. Oh, number that's eight. Him. Okay, Crazy. this does not belong on the list of uh, forgettable 2000s movies. Uh, Hancock. Yes, that was, Hancock I mean, was, I didn't like it the first, I, I didn't really like it the first time I saw it, but it's yeah. grown on me. I think that movie needed to happen in order for like the other superhero movies actually based on comics after to like take risks. Because it was like an interesting premise, but it's like it started going in too many directions. Like it's like you either concentrate on like the superhero trying to you know, revamp himself, or you concentrate on the whole history and the, you know, Charlie Theron and Will Smith being like the last superheroes on Earth or something. Like you kind of have to like choose choose one or the other. And that just was... made me think of the Eternals for some reason, because uh, they've been there yeah. forever, right? I mean, right. they're they're. I mean, in the story, yeah, uh, they were supposed to be together forever, but they're powerful apart. Or something. Yeah, something, yeah, something like that. It's like part they're powerful but when they come together it's like they could rule the world or something See what you did there <laughs> wait what what did i do what <laughs> when they come together uh but hey uh, hey <laughs> uh number seven the cruel salvation <laughs> you know i'm just gonna go down this list here six number six sky high number five jumper it's, it's already crash and bird but let's let's get superhero <laughs> movie is number four number three I mean, is the I spirit have. number two yes. is astro the Boy. spirit one, that Nancy. actually yeah there you go that that is like uh the spirit uh, i don't know like i saw i i can't remember if that came out after i think that came out after sin city right uh yeah. or after sin city i just like checked out of that whole you know noir type aesthetic yeah uh, i think maybe i was too young at the time but i saw the spirit again uh this year thanks to uh you know covid lockdowns and just having time to myself yeah um and i was like oh this is actually not that bad even though i think it is it, it feels like it was made to be a parody of itself because it's so like the lines are delivered in a way that it doesn't feel like they were trying to go for a natural thing. They were trying to go for a over the top, yeah, you know, vibe. And yeah. uh, it's not like the, um, I mean, a lot of the MCU movies they actually try to get human moments down. You know, they actually try to make them feel human, even yeah. though they're in these surreal environments or, you know, in outer Sometimes space I wonder or if that was, um, it, that was because of Disney. I mean, like Warner Maybe. Brothers had their style with DC and like they were able to like make, you know, at least Batman superhuman and make them, it, but like the character kind of like serves itself, which yeah. pretty grounded. It, it's out of the more elaborate superhero heroes. It's one of the more grounded, but um, 
like Disney is known for, you know, really trying to get their character interactions down and like mm -hmm. really focusing on the human moments and like making it feel natural, even though at the bottom of our hearts, we know it's like a glossy, yeah. well, you know, I, I have, corporate I have made a hot take. thing. I have a hot take on all this Disney, uh, you know. Well, they should have done that for the Star Wars movies. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or none of the human moments actually feel human, even though, I mean, half of them are aliens, right? But they Or extraterrestrials. Oh but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of... made uh, the Mandalorian a movie. I mean, like, had like... Or did that thing now where, like, you start, you made a movie and then the Mandalorian was, like, an offshoot of that. Or the next time they make a Star Wars movie, just make it take place in the world of Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Like just make it yeah. take place with that. <laughs> and just like I feel like that that's what they're trying to do with all the Disney Plus shows. But I think the one the thing that has saved, and I know we're totally fucking up this episode about Peacemaker, but uh <laughs> the the one thing that saved Star Wars is the fact that the Mandalorian came out before Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And kind of told people, hey, you know, Star Wars can still be good. Yeah. And uh, even though we know this turd is going to come out in a month or so, because mm. I think it's, they released the first season of Mandalorian, I think it was like in October or something, 2019. And yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker came out in December of that year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing that saved it for me was like the Mandalorian. I was like, oh shit, like the Mandalorian is actually pretty good. So, maybe rise of skywalker will be good and then i was disappointed uh, <laughs> well, the, so if it weren't for the mandalorian star wars would be dead right now i mean if we're gonna yeah. bring this back to like the 2000s i mean <laughs> superheroes were they as big as like star wars back then like when the prequels were coming out the prequels I, I will were pretty I, huge i will argue that the prequels lord of the rings and harry potter were all oh, on yeah. its own bigger yeah. than any superhero movie definitely definitely like the superhero movies like even though like people look back on it now and it was big it was like not the main course when it came to movies yeah that was probably the last decade where you know something else could be the biggest franchise on earth other than superheroes because they were just kind of getting their footing as like oh, definitely i think the the only yeah. shining stars for me of uh you know the the 2000s in terms of superheroes are um toby mcguire's uh um spider-man and christian mm -hmm. bale's batman like those were the two big successes of those of that decade yeah uh apart from that like fantastic four bleh, uh daredevil shit uh, um I, what else like uh <laughs> well i'm forgetting the blade movies but i think the well, blade, blade movies kept getting worse like two and three you know, was, i mean like two and three, two and three, were three weren't that yeah. yeah two and three weren't that good right i mean yeah you know, i mean two like I introduces them, to guillermo del toro so i mean yeah it's like there there are glimpses of glimpses of what this like up-and-coming director was gonna like and to i do. think we forgot didn't hellboy come out like the first one come out yeah. in the 2000s uh yeah. i think that was a good one but uh yeah uh i wouldn't put it next to the you know great successes of spider-man and batman yeah. but also i mean hellboy was a kind of like unknown i would uh, say character. out of any and th this could be because I literally just saw the full thing like a few months ago and it was the the director's cut 
out of any superhero movie from the 2000s that's like such a product of its time like it's almost dated was the first daredevil mm-hmm. like the fact oh, yeah. that like evidence oh, yeah. played everyone like i didn't know I mean, that even at played... the time it felt like this is too 2000s man like this i didn't know that, the time i didn't know that my immortal was in the movie i knew that wake me up inside was gonna like show up somewhere but my immortal was playing during the funeral scene and i was like <laughs> This is oh, so yeah. like <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but the one thing I remember is just like I think Chris Farrell. No, not Chris Farrell. Oh, um, Colin. Colin Farrell. All the Farrells. I, I I mix them all up, but uh, <laughs> uh, because there's Farrell, Farrell, yeah. and Farrell. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Farrell, who made the song? Because it was NERD. Farrell made the song that they were playing when um. You first got introduced to Kingpin, recipes Mark of Clark Duncan. He he was good for like that version of Kingpin. Yeah, but like yeah. this isn't on a full frill. Like if you're gonna the, dwell the, on the origins, mm-hmm. you can't beat the, this guy. But it's like yeah, can't be. Well, the villains were the best part of that movie, I think. Like you know, because they don't appear. Actually, like the villains in Daredevil are better than Daredevil in terms yeah. of like just being enjoyable to watch uh also they don't appear I, that much to be i am very much hoping that through some multiverse shenanigans colin farrell comes back as bullseye yeah i really want to see vincent d'onofort frio's kingpin using colin farrell's bullseye for his dirty work in yeah. hawkeye like because did, did you, you see, need another uh, guy with good yeah. aim so yeah, yeah. but i mean the but they had they had a version they had a netflix version of of um what's his name bullseye uh in the netflix daredevil tv show like on season three they had a but he didn't have like a you know the cross like the you know the the bullseye tattoo on his on his face or something yeah it was a bit less cartoony than that but it's just like uh, maybe they could just like face off or something. Yeah. But um, dude, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was in season three. Like he actually steals Daredevil's uniform and kills people as yeah. Daredevil so that people think that Daredevil's a murderer. Yeah, but you never actually uh, saw his face, right? No, yeah. You, I mean, like, I mean, briefly, yeah. The audience, we do. Yeah. No, the thing is, you see him because he's kind of a stalkery dude who runs after oh, okay. a woman every day. Yeah. And uh, like he actually like just runs at a particular time to see this woman run, yeah. uh, which is kind of a you know heavy stalkery vibes uh, from that guy. But uh, but thing is like he'll trick, um, dude. I can't remember the the good Daredevil's name. Uh, 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 Charlie Cox. Yeah, Charlie Cox. Like he actually tricks Charlie Cox's. Uh, you know daredevil yeah. with like his like trick throws or whatever mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah i don't know like i uh, i think like if you had to make a drinking game it's probably better to watch daredevil the movie for mm-hmm. like i don't know every time con farrell throws a paper clip or something mm-hmm. um <laughs> which he does <laughs> i think he kills someone with a paper clip right i mean with several paper clips I remember uh, but, oh yeah that was that was Colin Farrell when he was in the, the bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he throws like paperclip darts and someone's throat or something. Yeah. Uh, I can see I why yeah. they, they use they're using him as penguin. Like when you watch that movie, you can you can tell why they needed Colin Farrell, even though it would have made more I mean, sense to just yeah. hire Richard. I mean, Cummings, I've but. loved 
I've loved Colin Farrell and every movie he's in, he's been in, except for maybe Alexander by Oliver Stone. Uh, yeah. But like he's, he plays good villains, guys. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm so happy that they got him to, even with all the prosthetics and everything. Yeah. So this episode was supposed to be about Peacemaker. <laughs> But <laughs> we brought it back around. We talked about the thousands franchises and Peacemaker and John Cena and yeah, and we didn't really spoil anything for Peacemaker, which is good. Yeah, so, uh, we just uh, praised and uh, yeah. knelt at uh, James Gunn and uh, yeah, went yeah. yeah, he's great. I mean, he's a great filmmaker. Yeah, from canceled to being part of two universes. All right, we're gonna go down the list. Spotify, podcast <laughs> I don't one care anymore. <laughs> Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Audible. <laughs> um, what uh, else? Overcast. Yeah. I need a job. Uh, yes. Okay, what were you saying, Raf? Yeah, uh, we're on everywhere. That's why I said. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> so, what do we say? Peace. Peace. Thank you.